Hi there, and thanks for tuning into episode 41 of the Eyes Free Sports podcast. My name is Greg Lindbergh. Here on episode 41 of the podcast, we are visiting with two visually impaired sisters who both play blind hockey and uh, have both supported each other in many ways throughout their lives. So let's strap on our skates and skate into episode 41. All right, so on this episode of the Eyes Free Sports Podcast, uh, we are chatting about blind hockey. And to help us do that, we have two uh, great guests joining us here, two sisters, actually. Uh, first off, I'd like to introduce Christine Vancherini Callagy. Christine, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Thank you for joining us. And then we also have your sister, Vicki Vancherini McDermott. Uh, Vicki, welcome. Thank you so much. So happy to be here. Absolutely. Thank you as well for your time. So uh, let's go ahead and just start off with your your backgrounds. Uh, I know you are, uh, as I mentioned, uh, sisters, and uh, let's let's talk about your visual impairment. Uh, as far as I understand, you both have Stargardt's disease. Is that correct? Correct. Yep. Gotcha. And I guess we could start with Christine on that. If you could just explain uh, what that condition actually means and just kind of the results of that. So Stargardt's, they refer to it occasionally as the juvenile form of macular degeneration, but I think they've since put it in its own category. But to simplify it, it's the loss of your central vision. So usually um, to varying degrees, you'll have your peripheral vision. However, your central vision will slowly deplete, um, which obviously makes it difficult for um, like seeing fine details on things or um, at certain points, just, you know, seeing in general dead ahead. Whereas if you kind of use your side, then you can kind of see more things out of the periphery, just with less detail, of course. Gotcha. I see. And then, uh, so as far as the two of you, is your vision pretty similar or how would you kind of characterize it? I think our vision is slightly different the last time we were checked. Um, mine is slightly more depleted in the center than Victoria's is. Gotcha. I see. And then uh, I guess Victoria, Vicky, we can go to you now. Talk to me about uh, just where you guys grew up, you know, your, your early years. Yeah, so we grew up um, in a pretty small town, um, Polkwag, New York. Um, and then we really started our hockey journey um, very close to us um, is a town called Pauling, which we actually both live in now. And we started with their youth hockey program. My brother started first. Um, and then as we kind of got a little bit older and they introduced a girls team, um, Christine and I were able to become a part of that. Um, and that really started our journey and, and we never really stopped. I, we played all through high school. Um, Although we didn't play on a school team, it was still with um, the Pauling youth. And, you know, we just played up until we graduated high school. And then I took a little bit of a break while Christine continued to play. Um, you played men's league after that. And you kind of like dabbled in a few other sports as well, which I think was pretty amazing. Uh, in college, she played rugby for a little while, which I just like you know, thought was so awesome. Um, but in addition, yeah. Christine did a lot with like coaching and teaching. So that was pretty inspirational to watch while I kind of took a little bit of a hiatus, like I said, but then we both got back into it. Um, 
after Christine found someone who connected her with Canadian blind hockey. And then we just continued our journey from there. And it's been really the most incredible experience um, for me. And just, you know, being a part of something where you don't feel so out of place or, you know, like confused growing up playing sighted hockey after a while um, with the loss of our vision. I, I can only speak for myself, really, but I was still playing. I was playing goalie at the time. And I just, you know, I started noticing a difficulty tracking the puck at a distance and I would lose it in the air and I would really gain regain sight of it as it was a little too close to me. So as you can imagine, goalie got a little difficult at that point, but um, I, I was also very confused at what was going on. So, you know, although the diagnosis wasn't exactly what we wanted to hear, it kind of cleared things up for, for me at least a little bit there. Right. I see. And then when were you guys actually diagnosed? What ages? Um, Christine, what you were? I think old? I was, um, I want to say I was, I think I was 19. I was 18 turning 19 when we were diagnosed. Cause you were 15 turning. I was 15. Yes. So. Gotcha. I see. And then, so Christine, uh, so you actually did play rugby at one point. I don't know if I would call it playing. I had <laughs> wanted to play so much throughout college and I waited till like one of my last semesters to just give it a shot. So I didn't really get too much playing time, but I really loved the practicing and the just learning about the sport. It's such a complex sport. Um, and it was nice to have the camaraderie with, of the girls and, all that. So I, again, I didn't get too much playing time at all, but it was really fun to learn something completely different and new. Right. Very cool. And that was in college, you said? Yeah. So that was my last semester of school. And then um, what stemmed kind of from that, though, was I had to do a lot of running, which I'd never really enjoyed. So what was nice about that is that piqued an interest in running for me, which I then took off after. <laughs> right so, gotcha yeah cool and then uh so let's see just i'm curious a little more about your your childhood so christine you're the older sister correct yes and i'm curious about just your relationship you know with vicky kind of growing up maybe how you guys supported each other and maybe even dealing with the the diagnosis of the stargards if we could just talk a little bit about that yeah so growing up we were pretty close when we were young. Um, there was, we had, there's three years between us. So at, at every certain junctures of life, there was like a little bit of a gap where, you know, at one point being 13, I didn't really want to hang out with my 10 year old sister anymore. <laughs> um, yeah. things like that. Um, we have an older brother and I tended to like do a lot of things with him, like sports wise. Um, so I feel like at a certain ages, Vicky was kind of left out. <laughs> For um, sure. However, <laughs> however, as we got a little bit older and into teen years, both of us, we grew closer. And then, you know, in high school, when I was in middle school or ending middle school, starting high school, I had started a job. So four years later, when Vicky was the same age, I got her a job. So then, you know, we'd see each other more at work and um, teenage years, we just grew much, much closer. Uh, and then around the time of diagnosis, I remember I was more, I was very relieved when we had our diagnosis, but I was very annoyed because I didn't want her to have it too. 
Um, so she was diagnosed probably like six months after me because my mom had said, you know, Vic's kind of struggling with this and that. I think it might be similar. So I struggled a lot with her diagnosis more than my own, I think, just because hmm. it just bothered me that she also had to deal with it. So interesting. Yeah. And then Vicky, talk to me about your perspective on on that experience and, and kind of going through that initially. Um, so, you know, of course, the the initial uh, difficulties in school were kind of like the biggest indicator where it was like, you know, I can't read this on the whiteboard or the chalkboard. I can't read the projector. And, you know, no matter how close I sat, things just still weren't they weren't adding up to me, you know, like, they, you know, so, some lighting made things different. But when you're, you know, that. I mean, I guess it's not that young, but you're at a point in your in your life where you're not I wasn't very vocal about everything from the from the jump. So um, I think what really helped me was Christine. Um, She as protective older sisters go. Christine is like, you know, I think the best there is. So um, she really helped me in so many ways. with our vision and, and otherwise, and, you know, but she was, I guess she gave me the confidence to kind of explain what was going on. And then I was a little bit more vocal with my parents and specifically my dad was my coach in hockey for, I would say 90% of the time I played, if not every year. Um, So I got a little bit more comfortable expressing difficulty there as well. And then I think, you know, after Christine was diagnosed, then, like she said, they were more inclined to get me um, tested by the same doctors. And it, it was I don't remember, you know, all of the all of the testing. I don't remember, you know, everything that happened. But I do remember, you know, around when I found out that it was going to be the same thing as Christine, I was confused um also very relieved that it was something and i wasn't just you know because we had both been to a regular eye doctor who told christine that she she was like flat out lying about not being able to see because glasses were apparently very cool to have when you were younger so that's what they had assumed was going on there um and they gave me just a very basic um, prescription lens and told me to wear them consistently. My eyes would acclimate to them and I would be, you know, I would have a easier time visually and that just never happened. So I think this also was kind of a clarity moment, um, for, for me a little bit as well. And also, like I said, having, of course I don't, I, I would have not wanted her to have it either, but I think it was, you know, to go through it together definitely gave me a little bit of comfort i know christine probably felt a little bit more like that that protective feeling over me um you know as well but i just think that i feel very fortunate that if we you know had to go through this with somebody that i'm going through with her and you know that she's kind of been there the the whole way so that's awesome to hear that just the kind of the mutual support it sounds like for each other Definitely. So then in terms of uh, blind hockey, Christine, was it you that initially had found out about the sport? Is that, is that kind of how that all unfolded? Yes. Yeah, so when I was in school, I was looking to do um, kind of like a capstone project for my major. And in some 
roundabout way, somebody had heard something about blind hockey. So they had brought it to my attention. And through doing a little bit of research, I was able to connect with the Canadians um, on their programs that they were running at the time. So I actually was able to internship with their foundation, which at the time was um, called Courage Canada. And they would basically just bring skating programs to different regions of Canada and teach blind and visually visually impaired kids how to skate and the basics of hockey, um, which I found very interesting because, again, as Vicky had mentioned earlier, I had done a little, you know, coaching and just teaching skating lessons and things like that. So I interned my entire summer with them, just researching new regions and there's just doing a little bit of grant writing and just trying to, you know, see where we can bring their program. So then I'd say the, not that winter, but the following winter, um, I decided to go up and participate in one of their tournaments. So that was the first time uh, that I was able to, to play blind hockey and be in a community with other blind or visually impaired individuals because the only other person I knew was my sister at the time. And they had connected me with one other U.S. player who happened to move about an hour and a half from where we live. So we were trying to meet up to skate um, halfway through. So the big joke that year when I went to the tournament that was that uh, the U.S. participation had doubled in size going from one participant who was Kevin Shanley to two for me being there. So wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Doubled in growth. Um, but it was, it was definitely an amazing experience. I was, I'm every time I've gone to an event, I feel like I come home lighter and just kind of floating for a few weeks afterwards. So that's awesome. And I'm curious just about that. The initial event you went to, and just the the experience of, like you said, kind of earlier, being around other visually impaired and blind individuals, you know, for the first time, a group. Mm-hmm. What was that like for you? Just, you know, how did that kind of change your outlook, your perspective? It was amazing. Yeah, I met so many great people that, you know, they did different things for work. They, you know, we all have varying dis- um, conditions and we all have varying vision and it was just so nice to interact with others and not feel like a minority in the group. I um, wasn't the only one holding, you know, their cell phone right in front of their face to see her. <laughs> yep. um, just doing silly things like that um, that don't seem like a big deal, but or walking down a hallway and having to ask somebody like, which way is this or which way is that? Because you can't read the signs that are hanging and just very little things. And it was just, it was amazing. And so many of, the guys up there were incredible and the women too. I, it's almost indescribable the impact that it had because it just like, you know, it sounds, it's kind of funny to say it this way, but it just really opens your eyes to like, okay, how life is. And you know, the, a lot of these people, they, they don't let this affect them and, and you know, you can go from here. So. Exactly. Well said. And then let's go to Vicky. Uh, Vicky, talk to me about your introduction to blind hockey. Um, so my first introduction was the year after Christine's. So she went to Toronto for the first year, and I don't know that we. I don't know that you did anything else 
involving blind hockey that year, aside from maybe connecting with Kevin. Um, but then the following year I did go with her, um, to Toronto and it was the most incredible experience I think that I will ever have. I mean, to like Christine said, just to be in a room full of people who understand the struggles and, you know, to also get the perspective of all these incredible people who don't let this stop them or slow them down. And it's just so inspirational. And it kind of gives you, like I said, the perspective to to know that it can always be worse. So I'm going to take what I have and I'm going to do what I can with it and to be able to continue playing a sport that you grew up and, you know, anybody, I feel like anybody you talk to that plays hockey, especially who has played it for the majority of their life will tell you, it's not something that you can just, you know, kind of do here and there. Like if you're going to play hockey, it is a very demanding sport. Um, you know, and, and expensive as well. So it's something you really have to commit to. And I think that, you know, it's just been so important in our lives. My dad played, my dad still tries to play. Um, you know, now my brother played growing up, obviously Christine and I played. Um, so it was like, you know, a family thing. My mom did the scheduling for our team, for our teams when we were younger. So it really was such a huge part of our life. And, um, to be able to continue that with people that again, understand, you know, what you're going through, but then can also kind of teach you, um, you know, just how to continue to persevere and to not let it really stop you or really, you know, affect you to the point of giving up on something that means so much to you really was like Christine said, totally indescribable. It It's like something you can't, you know, like you hope that everybody goes through something like that in their life that kind of changes them a little bit. And every, like she said, every single tournament or every time we're on the ice, whether it's with a group of teammates, whether it's just a practice, it really does just leave you so fulfilled for, for a decent amount of time afterwards. Exactly. That's awesome. Great perspective. Let's uh, talk a little bit, a little more about, you know, the actual game play, uh, just kind of your positions on the ice. And we can start with Christine on that one. Talk to me about just different positions you've held and then kind of what you enjoy most about the actual gameplay of, of blind hockey. So I play pretty much wherever I am needed. I grew up playing defense, so I've always gravitated there. But then with blind hockey, when you get into the more competitive realms you play by a point system so based on your vision uh will determine how many points you are on the ice so depending on where you are there i've also been moved up to offense um, as a lower point situation there so it, it's kind of like a little bit of strategy with that and making sure you know you're never going over points or anything like that as per enjoyment i mean i I like every position I will play <laughs> as long as I'm on the ice. I, I really don't, I don't mind wherever I'm put because I just, I know my job in each designated spot. I suppose I would never want to play goalie. Um, <laughs> really is heavy and it hurts. Yeah. Um, right. And I've taken enough hits on it that, you know, I don't really want to have that be my sole purpose, but other than that, I'm just happy to play where, wherever I'm needed. 
Nice. Very cool. And Vicky, how about you? Um, so I also grew up playing defense. Um, there was a small period of time, probably about like four years um, in the middle of my journey where I did play goalie, but I was still playing sighted hockey at the time. That's where I kind of described my struggle a little bit earlier. So I am very defensive minded. So you're, you kind of feel like the third defenseman when you're in goal. And so that really playing goalie has definitely helped me. I know it sounds weird, but it helps me see the ice a little bit differently. Um, and then mm-hmm. it, it allowed me to kind of get a different perspective on being a defenseman, which I think really, really helped me like Christine said. So Christine, I think is a more well-round, like a better well-rounded player than I am. However, um, I, I, I do understand the sport to the point where if you put me in any position, I'll know what to do. Um, however, I really am, I think more defensive minded and like Christine said, taking hits with that puck is like, you know, you see stars for a minute, but um, it, it is like your, your goalies in blind hockey are, are completely blindfolded. So there's no light perception um, at all. So, you know, nothing really to help them aside from their hearing. So, you know, as, as, as I can, I tried to get in as many and in the way of as many shots as I could. And I definitely came out with some more wounds there, but, um, but yeah, I think that that's really where like I, I gravitate towards is the defensive aspect of the game. And I think that that's where I find the most enjoyment playing as well. Gotcha. Awesome. In terms of specific games moments, I'm curious if you guys have any, anything that comes to mind that really stands out, you know, specifically in terms of gameplay, just experiences you've had in blind hockey. And we can start with Christine on that one. Honestly, I don't, for me, I don't really, nothing comes to mind directly, but the one thing that does pop into my head mainly is when we first were playing with the U S team, we had our first game ever um, as a team and Vicky actually scored our first goal as a U.S. team, which I thought was, you know, just incredible. She had been, wow. If, if she doesn't mind me saying she had been struggling like with her confidence a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, I, I'm having even a hard time recollecting the play just because. Oh, it was, it was terrible. It was, <laughs> I was at the point. I like just did my best. That puck is so heavy. I just put whatever weight I had behind it to just like I mean, shove it towards the net. And it just went in. Yeah, so sometimes that's all it takes. It doesn't right. have to be pretty. Um, but yeah, so for honestly, like that's more what comes to mind for me was just witnessing that moment, um, being together on a team, pretty much playing, you know, as high level as we could at that time. So it was a very special moment to witness. That's awesome. That's a great, great experience. And yeah, I mean, to score the first ever goal, you know, kind of officially for the first U.S. team really says something. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. And I'm definitely curious about the just the dynamic between, you know, obviously blind hockey has both male and female players playing together. And uh, talk to us, talk to me about just, you know, kind of that dynamic, that relationship, how you guys are treated in terms of being female, you know, are you really fully accepted and, and brought in 
uh, with your male teammates? I guess we can go to Vicky on that one. Yeah, I mean, I really don't, I guess I really couldn't have asked for a better experience in that regard. The camaraderie is incredible. Um, yeah, everyone is so supportive and, you know, there are challenges, I guess, being the only females, of course, there are some certain things that you, you know, you need to get a different locker room. You have to have like, you know, just different things um, set in place there. So we, we've always been really appreciative to, everyone who's put the extra work in to make sure we're comfortable and safe and, you know, everything. And, and really the, the guys Canadian and U S have always been very welcoming and supportive. Um, I definitely think we have lifelong friends at this point that we will stay in touch with regardless of how often we see them um, for hockey. I think that, Really, it's just it, you you so quickly become or feel like you are becoming some sort of different type of family. Um, they just see you in your worst moments, in your best moments. You go through so much together, especially the U.S. team. Um, we had a few camps over the summer. Um, so like, you know, a full week of just like like dying together in workouts and early morning practices and then games at night and, you know, and then having those like glory moments and, and all the, all the accomplishment and, and everything. So you share so much that I think that, um, you know, to my knowledge, if, you know, if things happen behind the scenes that, that we're not aware of, um, which I'm sure is common and could have definitely happened. But for, for us, I think that we had a pretty good experience um, with all the all the the guys on the team, coaching staff, and um, I think really having Doris as the general manager was like you know kind of sent it home for us. She was like our mom, our team mom when we were away, and and um, that yeah. you know that kind of made everything a little bit more comfortable and feel a little bit more complete for us. I feel at least nice. And Christine, anything to add to that? Uh, no, I think that pretty much nailed it on the head. You know, as women, we're always going to have slightly different challenges and, you know, dif different aspects. Um, for example, just for me, I always feel like, you know, trying to strengthen my game and just be strong in general. It's so much more of an effort, whereas, you know, we can have another player on our team who's a teenager who's like just naturally. Yeah much stronger than I am. <laughs> so it's always just trying to stay par, but they've always, all the guys have always been super respectful and yeah. coach Vicky said, coaching staff has been incredible. They try to make sure that we are taken care of that. We're not, you know, sitting in a bathroom getting dressed and we have access to, you know, shower after the games, just like <laughs> the men do. And they yep. do a job of, you know, making us feel welcome and at home and like part of the team, not just, you know, the two females. So, yeah, they definitely had, ne I, I've never felt like I didn't belong there. I wasn't welcomed. They were always very respectful and supportive. And that really does go a long way when you are playing in a male dominant sport right now. I mean, there's no other females in on the national team for U the U S or Canada right now. So it really, it really did mean so much to us that everyone was so, behind us and you know like really we were a team right and then uh in terms of you know growing 
the the female population within uh, blind hockey. I'm curious your your thoughts on that, Christine. What would you say as far as you know? How can we bring in more 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 girls, more women into the sport? Basically, we just need to find them. Vicky and I were really fortunate. A few weeks back, we were able to participate in the first virtual um, girls and women's blind hockey camp. It was run by Doris and Laura Mark, who's one of the um, Canadian players, and she's kind of the pioneer in in women's blind hockey in Canada and helping to bring it over here. So it's just getting the word out, finding the players and, you know, making sure that they feel confident enough that they can play and just kind of bringing them in that way because – once we have them, it's really hard not to get hooked on the sport. So exactly. Yeah. And the younger you can get kids involved in either and male or female, but it's, it's great to get them involved as kids and to watch them grow into the sport and um, keep them interested in, in something. Cause I know with female sports, that's sometimes hard. A lot of girls will lose interest in certain age groups and stuff. So, you know, just, constantly boosting their confidence and getting them out there really definitely yeah and vicky uh any other further thoughts on that no i think she i think she really covered it it's just like really making sure everyone has the opportunity and like she said getting them in as young as you can and kind of molding that dedication and motivation within themselves um you know it doesn't doesn't necessarily mean we need to start women teams so we can play more often with women it's the long game you really want to see this continue to to grow and progress so you know however we can make that happen i think is the main the main goal and like christine said it's just finding the players and really giving them the opportunity to experience the wonders and and the freedom that you feel when you're playing so um yeah i think that that's like the biggest goal for sure all right, and then just to wrap up here, I did want to give both you uh, ladies a chance just to, to give a little more background on as far as education, career, family, anything else you want to mention. And uh, Vicky, I guess we can start with you on that one. Yeah, so I mean, I know that my, my you know, my husband has always been very supportive and um, I, I do have a daughter as well and she is just in love with the sport and, you know, any chance she can get on the ice with us, any chance that she can, you know, come to a practice or come to a game or a tournament, you know, like taking trips to Toronto when she was like, you know, very young and, you know, those long car rides and stuff. She's just always been so interested in it. And I think that that has been such a motivating factor for me, um, not only to kind of teach her that you can do anything that you set your mind to and you can you can play a sport that might not be a hundred percent geared towards women in the in the capacity that we're playing it right now but that's okay and and you work your hardest and also that she is growing up with somebody with a mom who has um you know a disability and and to just make her you know like know that those things shouldn't stop you that those are those are just things those are tools for you to like push harder and everything and and, you know, just the family support that we've always had is, is just been incredible. And it's allowed us to continue playing this long and continue and, and has allowed us to, to be where we are right now with the sport. And, you know, of course, I think the greatest joy of it is, is really sharing it with Christine. I don't think it would have been 
you know, of course it would have been as a rewarding experience, but it's just a little bit extra special doing it with her. That's awesome perspective. I appreciate that. And uh, Christine, how about you? Um, well, I know you mentioned like educational background just now. Um, so when I was interning, I did go to school. So I have a, um, a bachelor's of science in health promotion studies with a concentration in community health. So um, it's really nice to still be a part of blind hockey, although it's not directly health health. It's nice to bring it to the community and, you know, spread the sport. So that's what's always kind of kept me motivated is, you know, just giving another population an opportunity to be active and build confidence in ways that they might not have otherwise thought possible. And then as for personal life, um, I don't think I could have a more supportive husband. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He is, you know, my biggest fan and just like, I've never seen somebody so, happy to see me happy in, you know, outside of my own direct family. So he's been a huge support and love having him around. And then oddly enough, um, we are due to have our first child, um, any hour, any minute, <laughs> literally oh, wow. any minute. Um, <laughs> not going to lie. I'm actually sitting on the couch also timing some contractions. So this might be happening soon um but so i look forward to bringing him up and bringing him into this world of you know blind hockey hockey in general and and again kind of like my niece has experienced you know she has learned a valuable lesson and you know you can't always see what somebody's struggling with um you know having a visual impairment you know most people don't recognize that right away so it'll be nice, a nice way to, you know, make him a little bit more conscious of those things in life. And I look forward to bringing him around to our events and meeting all the wonderful people we have met. So it should definitely be fun. <laughs> awesome. Well, hey, congratulations. And I <laughs> appreciate you. you even more for doing the podcast <laughs> under these circumstances. <laughs> oh, it's okay. <laughs> My pleasure. Cool. All righty. Well, again, uh, Christine and Vicky, really appreciate the time. Really appreciate your perspective, your insight on on blind hockey and just kind of life in general. Uh, So thank both of you so much for joining me here on Ice Free Sports. Thank you. Thank you again for having us. It's always fun to do these podcasts and an honor to meet new people and get to, you know, spread the word. Yeah, it's definitely an honor. Be sure to follow the Eyes Free Sports podcast at facebook.com slash eyesfreesports and on Twitter at eyesfreesports.